Hello, and welcome to episode 34 of Connectivity. I am Scott Thompson. We've got a quaint little show for you this week, featuring two segments. First up, we have listener mail with myself, Zach, Andy, and Mike. And then after that, we have a segment about hype uh, for the Wii U and for past Nintendo consoles. And that features myself, Zach, Carmine, and Pedro. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to this segment of Connectivity. Uh, I am Scott Thompson, and I am joined by Zachary Miller. Godzilla! Mike Sklens. Hello. And Andy Gergen. Zach, I thought you'd have a better reaction to that Facebook thing I posted about someone naming themselves Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh my god. That's, that should be you. Zach's only interested if it's like the Latin name. Yeah, that's true. Like what's, what's like the really cool scientific name for Tyrannosaurus Rex? Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh, really? Is that it? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Every other dinosaur has, like, some cool, awesome, long name. Well, Tyrannosaurus Rex means Tyrant Lizard King. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's not, it's not bad, really. Good. Yeah, that's not bad. That's a that's a good name. Besides, we all know that Tyrannosaurus died because they all farted and then poisoned the atmosphere. <laughs> no, they stopped, they stopped farting. That was it. They yeah. stopped farting, and that caused the Ice Age. Yes. That's, what I, that's, what that's just one way out. to look at it. I like that. They, yeah, did you have you read that? Have you heard that, Zach? Yeah, no, of course I have. And, and I, I also heard about the supposed alien dinosaurs, and the dinosaurs couldn't support their weight on land, so they must have all been living underwater. It's just a bad week for dinosaur news. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Welcome um, to Dino Chats with. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I was watching this week's episode of Glee, and they, it was their prom yeah. episode, and, and the Wait, prom, what? Yeah, I know, and the prom theme was dinosaurs, so I thought exactly really? like that. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Did they, uh, did they, uh, everybody, everybody loves the dinosaur song? What dinosaur song? Open the door, get on the floor, everybody loves the dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, they did, yeah. they did a Kesha song called Dinosaur. Oh, screw that noise. Speaking of dinosaurs, have any of you guys ever watched the last episode of the hit ABC Family show Dinosaurs from the early 90s? Dude. Isn't that they, some crazy shit? Yes. What happens? That's a Did great they, show. They so the show, like, if you haven't seen the show, the show is basically like a Muppet-style, like, funny funny comedy romp, but the show ends with the extinction of the dinosaurs <laughs> and a nice. very somber newscast and fade to black. Wow. Yeah. yeah, YouTube that shit. It'll blow your mind. Why would you do that for well, like a comedy Well, because the dinosaurs show. eventually go extinct. I mean, that's what I don't like about like Land Before Time and Ice Age. Yeah, none of these animals will ever go extinct. Hmm. The entire plot of the episode is that's something dark. like like something that Carl does at his at his office creates like an ice age. Yep. And so Carl Winslow is the is it Winslow? Carl Sinclair. Carl oh, Winslow. Yeah, Carl Winslow is television. <laughs> Carl Sinclair is essentially uh, the same character. But. Yeah. Carl Sinclair is like personally responsible for the end of the dinosaurs in that show. Uh, it's 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 a total mind fuck. Yeah, it is. Is especially with the rest of the show be, being kind of this slapstick humor. Yeah. In the, end like, the, in the end, is the whole family like meet in purgatory and then all like <laughs> go on. You know, even like even, even like the baby quote talks about it because the, the the line is something like well your your daddy made a mistake and now we can't live here anymore and the baby's like well then where will we go nice. and then there's just this like quiet <laughs> silence it's like oh my god they all look up into the camera at you yeah it's great have it's you ever have you guys ever seen Denver the last dinosaur cartoon no mm-hmm. oh that's so good. Is he so, like skateboard or rollerblade or something? Yeah, he skateboards and he plays guitar. Yeah, Fantastic. of course. Fantastic. Denver, the last dinosaur. He's yeah, my love... friend and a whole lot more. <laughs> yeah, what does that mean exactly? I'm not sure. <laughs> what are the implications of the whole, whole lot more? <laughs> I thought we were more than just best friends. <laughs> so um, we're going to talk listener mail today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect segue. <laughs> it's not. Um, so we had two letters. Well, one's like a letter. One was like a form post that got sent to us that we're just going to read part of and address because it's kind of cool. Um, 
So the first email was from um, Donald or Shaman, or I think his email header even had a different name, like Michael or something. So who knows? He's got a lot of uh, different aliases. Um, and he's from Canada, so that I might promise, explain I it. I promise we would refer to him as Hacker Alias Donald Mick. Hacker okay. Alias well, Shaman. No, Hacker Alias Shaman. That's true. It, For us, it's Shaman. His Twitter handle. His Twitter handle, I suppose. I, he really likes Jeopardy. I know that about him. Yeah, good. That's How can you I not? Know. That's true. So uh, here's his email. Dear Team Connectivity, uh, that's fine, but we prefer the connectables. Just to connectables. get that out there. <laughs> um, I somehow managed to stumble into a Twitter conversation between the old newscasters, Neil, Andy, Zach, and Nathan, about Nintendo's impending move to full retail downloads and whether they'll actually go with an account-based system. Frankly, given Nintendo's recent history, I'll believe it when I see it. Back in early March, I lost my 3DS in a shopping mall after having purchased a few Game Boy games. When I replaced it, I registered it straight away on Club Nintendo like a good boy, then rang up uh, NOA and asked them about uh, the procedure for getting my downloads moved over. Boy, this is exactly what happened to my Wii. Oh, so you can comment on this. Perfect. Uh, Although they were able to give my new system Ambassador rights, side note, what is the going rate for a flame red 3DS with the Ambassador games? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's that's pretty good. The supervisor at NOA said they would need a police report before they would be able to transfer the other purchases to the new system. Now, that was a few Game Boy games and Zelda Four Swords. Imagine if I had Pushmo, uh, VVVVVV, <laughs> Mutant Muds, and some retail games on there. And why should, uh, uh, why should I need a freaking police report when they have my Club Nintendo account right there to know what I had bought? Right. I want to believe that Nintendo Network is going to be a unified system where I'll be able to maybe, just maybe, hook up a second 3DS because Lord knows I'll be buying a second one. Probably a redesigned model for Pokemon purposes. But until I see otherwise, I'll stick with game cards wherever possible. Shaman. Yep. Yeah, this is a, a real <laughs> problem that, uh, you know, it's a real question that has to be answered by Nintendo. It seems that everyone else is letting you transfer this purchases. Out ten years ago. Yeah, Microsoft figured this out. Apple, if I download something on my iPhone, it just goes to my iPad. I don't even have to ask it. It just fucking happens. Like, they want my stuff on as many devices as possible. Nintendo seems to be the opposite. I seem to recall that during this conversation on Twitter, Neil uh, was really harping on uh, a new story that was posted a couple of months ago where basically Nintendo and Iwata laid out the framework for the Nintendo network, which talked about the digital distribution of the full retail games like we eventually saw they're actually doing, uh, but also mentioned they're going to have centralized accounts that we'd be able to view online. And that's great and all, but just because there are centralized accounts doesn't really speak anything to the way that the games are tied to the system. Right. Uh, Right. There is a centralized account right now. It's called Club Nintendo, but it doesn't necessarily let you do anything special except for get cool stuff occasionally. Yeah. I mean, they already have a centralized account. Technically, they do. I mean, that's what Club Nintendo essentially is. It's a place you can log in and see all of the digital games you've bought and all of the products you've registered. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't exactly. – I mean, just because they have that, and even even if they, they, they formalize it with something you can link your systems to, it doesn't it doesn't mean anything unless they change their their philosophy and probably their firmware to allow you to, to, move, to move things over. I mean, at this point, the App Store has been around since 2008. Like, at this point, like, there's been – the framework has been laid and laid and riven over and run over and crushed and reinvented. <laughs> like, it's yeah, not... the Xbox can do this. If you get a new Xbox or if you want to go over to your friend's house and play their Xbox, you can just plug in your gamer tag and have access to all of your purchases. Yes, you can. Uh, Xbox is a little frustrating because you still have to have one primary system. I oh, think yeah. until until recently, uh, one of the most recent up dashboard updates allowed it so basically you can sign in to your Xbox Live account from any system, and there's not a lot of headache involved. Before yeah. you had to recover your gamer tag, that's and nice. that's yeah, now you can just throw the whole profile on a USB drive, or even you can just access it remotely now. Yeah, you can just down, you yeah. can just log in via the internet. And yeah, yeah, you, you used that, to. I'm sorry, you used to have yeah. to like delete the gamer tag off your old account, or it would do that automatically off your old Xbox, and like as if you were moving your gamer tag permanently. Mm. Yeah, and then you just had to do it again when you got home. What's funny about that is on the original Xbox, you didn't have to do that. I don't know if any of you ever tinkered with it on the original Xbox, but um, my friend and I we got really into Halo too. So a lot of times I would go over to his house and we would just play online uh, like split screen together, and I would log into my Xbox Live account right on his Xbox, and then yeah, I, I don't go think home. they were. As concerned with purchases and DLC back then. Right, right. 
God, um, was, I just remembered that was a time when, like, no, no games didn't really have DLC back then. No, not at all. So, I, I mean, Halo so 2 is the first, like, <laughs> co- console game where I ever really did any of that. You know, back they, they when they dinosaurs walked the earth. Yes. yes. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I could see reason to be concerned because, I mean, even just as recently as about a week and a half ago, um, they just, you know, Nintendo just announced that 3DS uh, full game downloads will be tied to wherever they're downloaded. They're the basically going to use the exact same system they have in place right now. Yeah. Right. Um, which doesn't necessarily mean it'll always be that way, but it does mean that before they launch the the, the full retail downloads, they have no real intention of revamp, revamping their system. Right. Um, and, you know, they do have the system transfer feature, which is great. They didn't have that for DSi. Assuming you still have your old system or it's not broken. Right. Right, that's exactly it. Like, if you still, if you can't get access to that old system, you're, you're, you're kind of screwed. And I, I, I think there, there is some recourse. Like, the police report thing sucks, but if you do have the police report, it sounds like they're begrudgingly willing it's so silly. It. Like you make yeah, me go through all this legwork to get like twelve dollars of content that you paid for. Like I mean, you can't just. It's it's not like you invested five hundred dollars in software and this will be like a serious financial loss to them. This is letting you download four ROMs that didn't really cost them anything. It's pure profit yeah. for them, sure. But like, oh no, you buy five games on your system and you spend a total of like. $30 on those. We, we need proof before we give you this $30 from our $8 billion bank account. <laughs> right. Whatever it is. God. Right. I, I'm more surprised they easily granted him uh, ambassador rights again. Um, yeah, yeah, that's too. true. Yeah, that, that's the confusing part is why would they do one and not the other? I guess because the ambassador games don't stand to really make them any profit. Well, not right or now. Yeah, they're free. Not yet. Yeah. Um, yeah oh, no, because he could have bought, bought Mario. So that's like... Three dollars right there that they <laughs> yeah. they could have had. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of messy, and um, I mean it's different with like your home console, like your Wii U, when you're downloading full games. You know, you, it's not so much a worry because like really, what are the odds someone breaks into your house and steals it? But with your 3DS, I mean, it's so easy to lose it somewhere. I mean, or have what if your Wii breaks? Your bag or... I think that's a bigger threat. Is what if your Wii breaks? Like Xbox like mine did it all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, like Zach. Yeah, Zach's Wii broke, and he went through this exact problem. Now, Zach, they didn't. They 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 lost your save data, but they at least allowed you to re-download all of your all of your yeah, downloads. Yeah, I right? was able to ex- anything that was not paid DLC. Like I lost my Mega Man Ten DLC. Yeah, really. Yeah, it's weird that they couldn't do DLC. Huh? That's surprising, actually. Yeah. So what what hoops did you have to jump through for that? Just to get that. Like I mean, just, just to get yeah to get your downloadable games back on your Wii. Well, I how long how long the, did that the take? hoop was that they had to fix my broken Wii when I had bought a new one to avoid having to get the old one fixed outside warranty. You bought the blue one, didn't you? I got yeah, I bought the nice blue one. Did you end up taking it back or selling it? No, but I'm going to keep it because my feeling is this is just going to happen again someday. <laughs> so I my new Wii is what I use for for disc-based games, my old Wii is for GameCube and Virtual Console, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the safest way I can go, which is stupid. <laughs> I have to have two systems to... Fuck it. It's, it's definitely frustrating, and it's just, I mean, I, I guess... And, when and you, one when... more quick thing. The people on the phone said they don't transfer games, transfer your uh, virtual console stuff to a new system unless it's a very unusual circumstance. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so, so they have paid the for power that to do it. Yeah, that's what so I told her. The, I said, uh, so I bought they... a new system. I, you paid for that content. Now they, they won't let you access it. paid you $100. <laughs> so a very unusual situation, like a wizard turns your Wii into a frog? Yes, yes. Well, then I could see that. As long, By the way, as long as they uh, have their Andy, scenarios Yeah, exactly. Out. Andy, I won. I know. We were playing Hero Academy in the background. It is oh, recording. Jesus Christ. And I, I, just was re- won. I was refraining I thought, from swearing into the microphone. I thought I was going to lose, but I won. <laughs> Get a room You'll probably beat me in this game, though. I drew, I drew humans in the next game, and you picked your power team. So I'm going to fucking lose this one. <laughs> Don't be so sure. I have, a, I have a knack for losing at Hero Academy. So did uh, anyone have? That's why I stopped anyone... playing. Yeah, hey, I have Hero Academy on two of my Apple devices, just so you know. 
<laughs> and yes. you can easily switch between them. Yeah. Um, okay, did anyone have anything to add on that note? I think we beat that into the ground, but it's, yeah. it's, it's worth beating into the ground because they've yeah. got to get this right. Like, okay, here, here's the thing. I'm actually really considering buying uh, New Super Mario Bros. 2 digitally because I know for a fact that, well, the biggest reason why I wouldn't is because I frequently resell games to buy new ones. But so. I know for a fact that that's exactly the kind of game that I won't do that with. Sure. Almost, right. almost certainly. So I'm tempted to buy it digitally just because I do like the idea of having it permanently on the system. I actually did throw a 16-gig SD card after they made the announcement into my system um, for exactly this kind of purpose. So I kind of want to buy it digitally, but I'm just kind of terrified of what happens if my 3DS takes a dive. Or They should at least publicly announce some sort of policy for some sort of recourse. Yeah. Before before they go live with this uh, full games for download, they yeah, need to be need more to transparent. Things. Well, yeah. hopefully we'll hear about this at E3. Yeah, you know? I'm sure it will, it yeah. will be addressed. But if you know if Reggie comes out on stage or Iwata or whoever's going to announce it and says, "Yeah, we're tying your purchases to your system again," sorry, I mean they better take some heat for that. Well, and you I know, don't one think of, they will, honestly. I mean, the 3DS, the, the DSi to 3DS transfer thing is a, is a is a sign that they're moving in the right direction. I don't care about the right direction. I want them to get. I want them yeah, they to, need get to get where, there. where everyone else has been for ten years. The, <laughs> I am not willing that, to give credit to a company who can't figure out what everyone else did ten years ago. The yeah. fact that Iwata went to the efforts of putting up the pros and cons slide in that financial briefing, <laughs> and the cons were basically, hey, it's tied to your system. Like, the fact that they bothered basically selling it like, that's just that's just the fact of the matter. If you buy it digitally, this is that's one of the cons. That leads me to believe that they have no real intention of fixing it anytime soon. Yeah. I could be wrong, but... Thanks, guys. That's, that's, how, that's how I interpret that. Yeah, I would... Uh... I would definitely agree. So it's kind of worrisome, but I'm kind of dumb enough that I think I'll play with fire and I'll just start downloading all my games. <laughs> I probably <laughs> Just won't. because I don't have to go anywhere and I can just, day of, just download it and start playing that morning. That'll yeah. be cool. Yeah, that's so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder how long it'll the retailers, take. Uh, the retailers can set their prices. Uh, yeah, now, that's really enticing. Like really the idea of, like, an Amazon code clear-out sale or, like, um... You go to Target and they have an end cap of new Super Mario Brothers codes or yeah. something like that. They're they're clearing them out. That could be especially if those retail codes end up not doing well. They could just clear them out to get them out, to get them out of their stock. Like maybe. Oh god, that's gonna be the best day ever when I go to Target <laughs> and I spend like five dollars each and I get like thirty video games. <laughs> like it, I feel like if, if the digital download retailer thing that they're trying out doesn't go well, the end result could be Target and Walmart having a bunch of codes to clear a out. Fire would, sale, yeah. Would be kind of awesome. But yeah. it would only happen once, you know. Yeah, it would. It would only happen once, but save your, save your pennies. <laughs> it would be really good. Because, yeah, to the retailer, it's like, well, this is just a piece of plastic. Two dollars. It's, like, it's like getting rid of Virtual Boys. Yeah. Or the, uh, the Game Boy Micro. I remember at my local Circuit City, like, just there uh, being a bin of Game Boy Micro for, like, <laughs> ten bucks. I... I've always wanted a Game Boy Micro. I did, me too. The little tiny yeah. thing, yeah. The Famicom one is the best one. That one is super pretty looking. Don't you wish you can go back to the mid-90s and buy, like, 15 or 20, like, Virtual Boys new in box and then eBay them today? Yes. Yeah. I almost bought one, like, ten times back then because they were like, we have a bin of these and they are $20 each. And I'm like, $20 is probably worth it just to play Mario Tennis, and I didn't do it. I didn't do it, and I fucking should have, because now I really want one, and now they're worth, like, more than ten times that on eBay. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. If, if, uh, if I could go back in time, I'd go back to about middle school when I decided to throw away all my Nintendo powers, and then in that same uh, breath, I threw away a lot of my player's guides, including the Earthbound player's guide. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Oh, man. I still have my cartridge, like, my same original cartridge from when I was, like, Ten, but I yeah, but I don't have the player's guide anymore. I have like the first like two hundred and fifty issues of Nintendo Power. Damn. Like, so I'm I'm missing like issues like one through five. I never got those, but I've been I've been a me- I was a member like from then until like the late nineties. Oh yeah, I had a bunch. I had a bunch, for sure. But um, all right. Well, let's move on to the uh, second email here. It's kind of long, so I'm gonna do my best to kind of chop it up and jump around. But uh, this is from Hiawatha, I suppose that's how you would say that. And um, he is talking about Smash Brothers and what it can learn from the old um, 
What'd you say? Aki? Aki? I think it's Aki. I think I always said Aki or Aki. Aki? I'll say Aki. Uh, the old wrestling games for N64. So he starts, uh, I'll jump in with, the control scheme for No Mercy allows you to use one universal list of inputs for all the characters in the game. The moves are simple to perform and they are accurately executed. Okay. At the same time, the same input, (laughs) the same input will perform different moves for different characters. This allows for a wide variety of characters with a wide variety of moves without the need for complicated controls. Because of the implementation of timing for counters and the rock, paper, scissors depth at the striking, grappling, defending mechanics, the fighting can be very strategic. The result is a varied and complex strategic fighter that can be played with a focus on what to do instead of how to do it. Which and then he goes on to make the point that that's kind of like Smash Brothers, where you know you don't have to memorize special moves for each character. I mean, they're all the same. It's just a matter of knowing what button combination does what for that character. And then he uh, says that uh, though one glaring uh, disparity that has yet to be included in previous Smash Brothers releases is uh, a character creation and customization tool. And he says there are likely other features that Smash Brothers can add should uh, and should look to No Mercy for, such as combination moves for characters that have teamed up or having different win goals, besides just using the number of KOs or coins via the use of specialized match types. Uh, also, both lack a co-op story mode. All these play in comparison to Smash Brothers' lack of character and move customization. Uh, based on what was done in uh, the wrestling games, it seems like a good practice to lock the move sets of the official roster. The magic isn't having all of the different moves of all the different characters at your disposal when creating your own characters. As we've seen with the weapon collection, combination, and item system in Kid Icarus, there's hope for a robust customization system in Smash Brothers as well. Um, and then he kind of goes on to talk about that for a little while. But, um, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I think his other points he made are, are more interesting to me than character uh, creation and like move customization. Character creation is something that... I think the way he describes it would be pretty cool to build a dream character because you'd probably end up with like four or five like tier one sets or whatever the friggin' nerds call them. Uh, and the, but I don't think they'd ever do it because it's like a it's a game of Nintendo characters. They would never put a, a make your own character yeah. thing in it. And the only way I could see it is if they tied it to your me and your yeah. me could fight and have any moves that. But uh, but. Uh, they will never do that because Mies do not do anything even remotely considered violent outside of maybe with sports <laughs> fencing or boxing, yeah. I suppose. But, but it's like a sport. And, it's Olympic, and it's, it's yeah, it's not Smash Brothers. Right. He does say in here, um, I kind of skipped it, but he does mention having Mies, um with customized moves as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I, obviously, if you're playing in any kind of tournament, it'll be disallowed. But it'd be kind of <laughs> fun, like, if you could design your own, you know, character and uh, just... Slap on a bunch of moves and kind of see what you come up with. Real quick, what would you guys pick? What moves? If you could build a character and you could pick a set of moves from anyone. Assume that the basic, like, attack, like, A moves are all the same. It's just the B moves. I have to have, um... Well, really, because... My favorite moves in Smash Brothers are Link's up and down thrust, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, those are good. I love those moves. And they're not well, quite I guess the same. you could. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Because everyone's punch kick stuff isn't the same. So I guess you could pick one character's move set for that too. Wow, that that makes this really incredibly deep. Right. <laughs> and, and in terms of special moves, I think the downbeat would have to be like either Yoshi or Kirby. You know, like that that like butt stomp basically. I'm yeah. A big fan of that. Um, as far as a B move, I think I'd want some kind of uh, projectile, whether it's like Link's bombs. Um, or like Diddy's bananas, or something like that, where you get to produce yeah, an pits, item, arrows, basically. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of, <laughs> in that way, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I, I, don't, I don't know what, what else. What kind of characters do these have? These have to be Nintendo characters. Well, no, any any existing Smash Brothers moves. Oh, I see. Samus's charge shot would be good for that. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I like. Uh, I really like Mister Game and Watches. Um, up, up. A attack. It's a really good smash attack. Um, yeah. Probably, like, everyone would probably throw Falcon Punch on there. I mean, can you imagine having, like, a, a quick character who could do that at any time? I mean, that'd be good. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be dangerous if you could set those variables. Like, I've got a really fast character with all the power moves. Right, yeah. exactly. You've got, a, like, a fast Donkey Kong. Like, what? <laughs> the point that Highwater raises about specific characters doing co-op moves together is really interesting. See, that's that. I like yeah, that. He, had the, he had those things cool. there's, like, throwaway comments, like the co-op campaign and that stuff, but I find that more interesting than making a co-op character. campaign is such a no-brainer for Smash Brothers when you think about it. Yeah, like, like how if Mario they, how, and Luigi could team up and do something together, or just uh, the Mario fact and that Peach. You love sitting on the couch playing Smash Brothers with your friends, 
And, you know, but what if you were playing on the same team? That's fun. You can do a team match, but that's, I mean, that's that's kind of fun, but it'd be fun to go through a story together with, like, four people. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, you could just throw insane numbers of enemies at you. And even like a the, horde the, mode. The, oh, how the, good would horde mode be in Smash Brothers? <laughs> the, yeah, that would be good. The um, Even the story mode in the most recent Smash Brothers, I mean, a lot of the times in the cutscenes and stuff, it was two characters working together. So, like, I wonder if that was maybe something they were thinking about doing and then just... Mm-hmm. Kind of didn't. Maybe they ran out of time, or it just didn't work out. But that would be great. But I, I think the combination moves would be really cool. Oh, I mean, yeah. you could you could do a lot of different things. I mean, with Yoshi, you could have like a character jump on Yoshi's back, and then you know, I don't know, it <laughs> does something for you. I, I don't know. But Link and I mean, Zelda. Did... Zelda could provide a shield around Link or something. Yeah. I mean, the trouble would be is you're gonna have to like make combination moves for everybody, though. I mean, you would think. Yeah, no, it doesn't have. No, you could just do set teams like Mario and Luigi, or. Well, what, what you could like do that. is you could have you could have like Mario could have specific moves he does with, with like Luigi and Peach, and then a generic team move he does with everybody else. Yeah, that's true. Oh, just yeah. like like in Mario Kart or Double Dash, where everyone had a specific uh, power. Yes. Up. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah, I'd be totally into that though. Can we get more Double Dash, please? Bring I really like back. Double Dash. I did, too. How about a Smash Brothers variant where you take two characters and put them on each other's back and have them fight that way? <laughs> it's, just like, it's just chicken like, in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty good. So, um, yeah, I guess that's all the uh, the listener mail. <laughs> you Excellent. guys have anything you want to say? Anything you want to close with? No? No. It's not... Yeah. If uh, if anyone wants to comment on uh, Hiawata's idea here, he did have a forum post about this, and it looked like it had no comments. So I don't know. Aww. It looked like he posted it in March. So I guess maybe it just got overlooked. But TLDR. Yeah. So, but it's a pretty cool idea. So I, I think you guys should go look up this uh, post. Maybe I'll include it in the show notes. And uh, yeah, give him some feedback. I think there's some interesting ideas here, and it just makes me want to go dig out my old like WCW uh, N64 games, if nothing else. Makes me want to play Smash Brothers, to be honest. <laughs> I, I played enough Smash Brothers at PAX, and I got killed a lot huh. by very good players, so I, I think I'm spent on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty, also, good, uh, I'm pretty good at Smash Brothers, but I don't know. You guys weren't there, but I got friggin' owned in Mario Kart last night. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Depressing. I, I, to, to me, that's nothing to be ashamed about, because it's so... I mean, anything can happen in Mario Kart. Yeah, that's true. I mean, was it really a lack of skill that made you lose? No, it was It was another person having a lot of good items. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, okay. Also, if you're playing Hero Academy, you can add me at A Gergen. A-G-O-E-R-G-E-N. Yeah. And then Andy will uh, play and maybe comment about it while we podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can you... almost be certain of that. <laughs> you can. Uh, your name can be heard on the podcast. <laughs> Alright, well I guess that'll do it So uh, thanks a lot guys And uh, yeah, we'll be back Fun fun Bye, Bye. Well, welcome to this other segment of Connectivity. Uh, just like before, I am Scott Thompson. I'm joined again by Zachary Miller. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta remember, I need to introduce you last because you always do something silly that no one else can really like. <laughs> no one else can really like live up to it. Um, and then joining us on this segment, uh, his first ever podcast, I guess, at NWR in general. It sounds like is uh, Carmine Red. Salutations. And then now uh, we have uh, Pedro Hernandez. Yo, yo, what's up, my homies? <laughs> who is uh, no stranger to NWR podcast, at least connectivity anyway. You're an, uh, an old pro, a Jeopardy legend. And we're here to be, and don't forget that 
<laughs> so um, this segment is about uh, hype. It's uh, going to be basically in two parts. First, we're going to talk about our hype and excitement for the Wii U. And then after that, we're going to kind of go around and talk about, I guess, the console that we were most excited for, uh, you know, before it launched. Right around this time, about, you know, five or six months before it launched. Um, so, jumping into the Wii U, I, I guess I kind of had the idea for this segment because, for whatever reason, I find myself not very, like, pumped on the Wii U. I mean, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a great console. But I'm not, like, foaming at the mouth every time, like, new information comes out about it. I mean, even the Rayman trailer, which showed kind of some cool stuff with the uh, the tablet controller, I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty awesome, but, you know, it, it's not making me think, you know, it's not making me count the days till the Wii U launches, whenever that might be. Right. But that's okay. Um, isn't isn't hype, like, some mental illness, really? <laughs> <laughs> it could that's be, like, yeah, like, like this guy. some sort of, like, obsessive-compulsive disorder, maybe, like, you just... <laughs> You can't control yourself. Like well, your whole life is surrounded, you know, yeah, is like built well, around one single thing. Well, and maybe it's just out of the ordinary. Did you guys see that news story that just came out today saying, like, like 75% of gamers out there weren't hyped yet for the Wii U? Oh, I really? I didn't see that, but I'm Oh, that's surprised. good timing. <laughs> Did it say why? Or it so, any... 75% of gamers don't know the Wii U exists. <laughs> maybe more like that, yeah. I think this might turn out to be like a double-edged sword because on one hand, people will get too excited. So when Nintendo finally shows uh, the real system, people will be like, what? That's it? I was expecting something more. But at the same time, if people are not that excited yet, it could be a problem for them if, if they are trying to get people right up before E3. But that just my, that's just my opinion. Well, like, what I think about it, I, I think part of the reason maybe I'm not as sold on this compared to the Wii, which is which is what I was going to talk about for me, um, was leading up to, to that E3 in, in 2006, everything was focused on the controller. You know, I mean, yep. there was, no one knew what it was going to be, but it was rumored it was going to be, you know, it was going to change everything. And it was this brand, brand new, you know, never before seen control device. And I think part of that was why I just like, couldn't wait for E3, and then after E3, just could not wait for the Wii to launch. Um, I got mine on launch day. I'm assuming probably most of you guys did. I would think. I was the first in line. <laughs> I got it a guys? year later. A year later? What yeah. about you, Carmine? I don't know. Uh, I got it at launch, but I think I'm I'm more hyped for like the the camping out for the pre-order now because that <laughs> was a lot of fun. For that whole experience of like just like hanging out outside all night. Yeah, and that that was like two months before launch, and that's what I'm hoping for now. That's what I that's why I want oh. them to like announce the price and everything, so retail retailers can start taking that down, and I can sit in front of a a Toys R Us for like 24 hours. <laughs> there you go. See, we yeah. can't do that up here because it's negative 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, especially yeah, like in November, that doesn't really work. You're really dedicated if that's the case. Now yeah. that I think about it, I can get away doing that too. Yeah, yeah, you're in yeah, a nice warm can. climate. You don't know yeah. what winter is, Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Winter to Pedro is just like a cool breeze. <laughs> yeah, that's my winter. A slightly cool breeze. Yeah. Ooh, got to put on the uh, the jacket today. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know, and like I feel like after E3, I'll probably get a little more revved up. Um, once they reveal the the release date, and I'm sure there's still something else up their sleeve. Like we probably haven't seen everything to see with the system yet, but well, um, I think that's true. I think the system last year was kind of a proof of concept. Yeah, I, I don't think what we saw was anything near what they're going to show this year. I think I think you know what? what in a month, in less yeah. than a month, my less gosh, than a month. yeah. In less yeah. than a month, we'll know. It's. I mean, it's launching this year. I think we're going to get all the details. Oh and, yeah. And then the hype will be, and then I'll get excited because right now I know what they showed last year is like. Well, we got this thing that we're thinking about doing. So yeah, wait till next year. <laughs> that's that's very similar with with what happened with the Wii because I remember that. They show yeah. some of the concepts on E3 2005 where they say, hey, we have a brand new system coming. Metro Prime is going to be in it. And they, didn't even, it. they didn't even uh, show... Did they the, say that? They, didn't they show the controller at a separate special yeah. event? Yeah, in they Japan. showed that. Uh, yeah. It was around the same time as uh, Tokyo Game Show, around yeah. the same time. They showed the controller for the first time, and 
back then the only, the only thing that they did was, hey, we got a brand new controller, get excited, yay. And the yeah. hype didn't start till next year, in 2006, when they finally showed the system and everybody was like, I didn't know I did this system until now. Right, exactly. And I, I do agree with that. I think, like, while I'm sure there'll be something E3 this year, I think Nintendo didn't really do... I mean, if... Not that it needs to be their goal, but they didn't really, like, sort of, like, steadily release information this time. It was kind of no. like, oh, at E3, Nintendo's going to show a new system. And then at E3, it was like, well, here's pretty much everything about the system. <laughs> you know, it's just like like an information dump. And it was like, oh, okay. Like, there was really no suspense, I guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. I have a little bit of a theory about that, though. Do you guys... I'm going to elaborate on this um, on, on the other part of the segment. But do you guys remember way back in 2000 when Nintendo showed all of the tech demos for the GameCube and they showed, like, the hyper-realistic Zelda? And yes. everybody yeah. thought that was going to be and the... the Epic and the game. over-the-shoulder Metroid Prime. Yeah, and then when they oh. finally showed the actual game, everybody was so excited. I think that's what Nintendo is doing as of late. That like they're going to show you the ideas that are that are actually real are going to happen, and then the when the system is about to launch, they're going to tell you everything so that you know what to expect. Yet at the same time, you're going to be excited for it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I, I do think E3 this year is going to be a lot more focused on, like, yeah, like you're saying, like, kind of, like, the games and the ideas of what they're going to do with it. Yeah, um, yeah but last year it was a... about, last year it was about, okay, this is the system, this is what we hope to accomplish with the system, this year it's going to be about, here are some games, motherfucker, enjoy. <laughs> what were we, we going to say, Carmine? Well, I mean, <laughs> isn't... This is, this is sort of like this whole Nintendo thing. I mean, sure, we can say we're fine with it, but it's almost like Nintendo is is post-hype. It's like they're, they're living in a world where they're not trying to create hype. I mean, they are, but if if yeah. they wanted to create hype by now, they would have been, like, talking it up and everything. But yeah. Nintendo, as of late, they're just quiet, and they say things when they want to. Yeah. So I almost feel like, I mean, I've got my own personal theory about what it is to be a Nintendo fan all these years <laughs> later. And uh, I'm sort of like you have. I, I sort of feel like to be a Nintendo fan, you have to find Zen in like the wait <laughs> for a console, you know, because like desire is suffering when it comes to waiting for a Zelda game. Oh, like, yeah. I wasn't hyped up for a Zelda game because I I kept myself off that, you know, off Cause, off. Because you know it's not coming ride. out when they say it is. <laughs> I know it'll hurt like at least four <laughs> times when they delay it. So I I just try not to put myself in a position to get hurt by this company that I love. So, (laughs) yeah, that's a good that's a good point, especially when it comes to Nintendo. I mean, particularly in this generation where there maybe wasn't a lot of third party support, um, at least not great third party support with with a few exceptions. I I beg to differ. (laughs) Well, well, either way, but but you know, with the first party Nintendo stuff, it is kind of sparse, so you, you can't really like. Yeah, I guess you can't really just be on the edge of your seat the entire time, or you are just going to be kind of miserable <laughs> when stuff does get delayed or doesn't doesn't show up for a while. Yeah, but I don't think I'm not hyped for the Wii U because I'm like obsessively checking Black and Mild's like rumor consolidations in the forum, you know, <laughs> F5. I'm I'm, purpo- I'm purposefully avoiding all pre E3 buzz on the Wii U. I want to go in there and be completely surprised. But um, I do agree that, that their philosophy has kind of changed, and I, I think you're right about not really, like, trying to stoke the hype machine very much. I mean, I feel like even in the past year, they've just been so much more forthcoming, um, even, like, with the Nintendo Directs. I mean, and even just what's come out in the past few months about, like, the digital distribution and the new Nintendo network and everything. I mean, that's this is all stuff that traditionally would have been just, like, dumped on you at E3, um, you know, or, like, Tokyo Game Show or something. Um, sure. But it's like they're just sort of steadily releasing information at their own pace and like at their own little events and um, and and to investors of all people, not to gamers. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that's kind of interesting. I don't know what that says that they have to. <laughs> I don't, you know. Has well, that says they have to please, please their investors first. Yeah. So the question might be: Are the investors hyped? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I would hope. Probably, yeah. Uh, I don't know that a new Nintendo system launch would ever be a bad thing. <laughs> okay, you guys know that whenever Nintendo announces something at their conference before E3, there are a lot of people cheering. Those are not fanboys. 
those are the investors cheering, say, yes, this is going to make money. <laughs> 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 We're rich. Yeah. It's going to print money. Yeah. Bye, bye, bye. Yeah, exactly. Going to finally send all the kids to college and get that pool in the backyard we've been wanting. <laughs> Remodel the oh, bathroom. God. Yep. So, um, okay, well, we, we've talked a good amount about the Wii U. I kind of want to go to the past now and talk about systems we were hyped for uh, way back when. And it doesn't necessarily have to be Nintendo systems. I have a feeling most of ours will be. Uh, JP was supposed to be on the segment, and he was going to talk about the Dreamcast, which I know a lot of people were very Dream- excited oh, about. Oh, yeah. yes. Um, I to, I I'm still excited that. about the Dreamcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Believe. That was the best non-Nintendo system ever, the Dreamcast. Totally agree. Best. The funny thing is that a... for me, I completely avoided the hype for the Dreamcast because at the time I was a really big Nintendo fanboy, so I tended to avoid the hype from the other systems and games. But when I first played it for the first time at launch, when it launched in September, I saw it and it was instant love, like love at first sight. I love the system so much that I completely changed my views on gaming and became a video game fanboy for life. I still love Nintendo, but I wasn't—I was no longer a, a fanboy of just the company, and instead loved everything that came out. Oh, you know, there's only <laughs> uh, there's no. only one thing about the dream. Only one thing about the Dreamcast I don't like. What? What's that? It sounds like a jet airline. Oh yeah, and I do. I do remember it being kind of loud. <laughs> oh yeah. Actually, for me, that's nostalgic now. Annoying back then. <laughs> like when I hear it's that, so now it's quaint. Oh, yeah, remember when disc drives sounded so loud? Wow! I it, I turn it on and it's like I'm back in 1999. Everything is good now. <laughs> and you had like the 56k modem, so you're playing like NFL oh, 2K online. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, arcade perfect huge. port of Blitz. Yeah, man. I uh, I never had one, but I had a friend whose older brother like had every single video game system and every single game. I don't know if he was spoiled or he just like had a after school job in high school, and so he had no bills, so he just spent it all on that. But uh, every time I stayed the night there, I mean, I just like would marvel at the thing. We played a lot of House of the Dead too. Oh yeah. And, um, oh god, yeah, that was an awesome which, game. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and like just the whole system and everything you could do, like, was just mind blowing to me at the time. I, I didn't have any hype for it. Because I didn't had, didn't really know what to expect, or didn't really pay much attention to it. But post launch, I, I was always impressed by it. I think the reason one, that the Dreamcast is so thinking. famous. <laughs> that's a classic line. Um, what I was going to say was that I think the reason the system is so popular is because it's one of the few last consoles that focus more on classic gameplay rather than try to be this technological marvel, which is what all of the today's consoles are doing which is trying to be so technological. Meanwhile, the Dreamcast was about being um, a little bit technical, yes, but at the same time, most of the games were about fun, like fighting games, body games, shooting games. They were all classic arcade games. So I think that's why people love it so much, because that was the last unpretentious system that came out on the market. Well, now that's true, but at the same time, um, it was the most powerful console on the market at the time, I think. But yeah, not of that generation. Much. And uh, I don't know, isn't... I mean, I, I don't want to interrupt the Dreamcast love here, and I, I totally <laughs> think back on it fondly, but isn't it just famous because it died in early death? Isn't that why, like, Jimmy Dean is famous, and you have to die young, <laughs> and the Dreamcast died young. <laughs> That's why yeah, we I love will it, say it has a terrible, terrible controller. Oh. It is hard to go back to that thing. <laughs> it was cool at the time, because I feel like with every new console release, you were sort of expecting just a crazy-ass controller. I mean, I think of the N64 controller, and then the GameCube controller. Yeah. Like, it was just like, I felt like that was just a like a birthright. Every new console had to have some crazy Let us controller not forget with the something thrown in. giant hamburger Xbox controller. <laughs> no, yeah. no, look, I the like Duke. that controller. You like the original Xbox controller? Yeah, I loved it. You must have giant hands. <laughs> I'm, I'm Asian. I've got tiny hands. <laughs> well, then I have no idea. He made the action joke, people. Not us. He did it. Yeah. Well, because thankfully, we, 
thankfully, because of Asians, we got a redesigned Xbox controller that was much smaller. That was like originally the, not supposed to come over here. No, it was just in just in Asia. Yeah, just yeah. In, maybe even just in Japan. Um, Sad. And then people were importing it and demanding That's it. That's right. So they finally released it. Yeah, the, that was the, the same controller issue with the GameCube, as I remember, because... They said that the Nintendo 64 was way too big for Japanese uh, apartments and homes, so they decided to go with the GameCube that would be more slim. Yeah, I remember smaller. that was oh, a, that was God. a selling point. Yeah, it's small. You can. It, it looks like a purse. Yeah, it's got a handle. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's got, got a handle. handle. <laughs> with a GameCube, you get a handle on things. As, uh, oh, oh Jesus! Um, as Wasn't for uh, Nintendo, as for Nintendo systems, I was really hyped for it was the GameCube. Um, I remember the hype machine for all three of those consoles was at full tilt. Um, PS2 was just starting to get good games. I'd argue uh, the Xbox was just launching, and I remember doing a lot of research as to whether I wanted to get an Xbox or a GameCube, um, and. I'm surprised I didn't get an Xbox because Xbox had Dead or Alive 3. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I got to play that at a friend's house. The thing that pushed me over the edge for GameCube was Zelda. Um, and, and Rogue Squadron, actually. Rogue Squadron. Uh, yeah, it's still good. Um, and I could get it on launch day, and I played the shit out of that game. Um, so, But I did a whole lot of research, and, and I mean, for months ahead of time, and... It was kind of down to the wire at the end, um, but I, I eventually got a, a GameCube because I had an N64 and a Super Nintendo and a NES that I would later find out was broken and, you know, keep up the trend. And I think I made the right call, I really do, because aside from Dead or Alive 3, uh, the Xbox didn't really have any games I cared about. Did you go to any of those um those GameCube clubs? I forget what they were called. Did they have we, any? We didn't Where have any were? up in Anchorage, no. Oh, okay. Man, I, I we just got an Olive Garden two weeks ago. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I'm wow. sorry. Uh. I'm I'm excited, man. I but, <laughs> but you I can't go because uh, there's an hour and a half wait. Like every night, everybody in the state is taking a trip to Olive Garden. All right. Well, yeah, I was pretty hyped on the uh, the GameCube as well. Um, for me, it was Smash Brothers. What's what was most important? I think it launched about a month after the GameCube came out. And um, I was just super stoked on that. Um, but what I was really interested in was the Nintendo 64. Um, we talked about it in the listener mail segment, but I had a Nintendo Power subscription. So, of course, I was being, like, force-fed all these images of Super Mario 64 and Pilot Wings and Shadows of the Empire. And, um, I mean, it just blew my mind. I mean, I, I played some PC games, um, so I wasn't, like, completely unfamiliar with the idea of 3D. But to be doing it on a console, like, on your TV... Uh, I mean, it was just mind-boggling to me. And oh, so yeah. I would just, from from the moment I learned about, like, Ultra 64, I was just, I mean, I was sold, and I couldn't wait. And I know I've shared this story before, either on newscast or maybe a really old connectivity, but for the heck of it, I will share it one more time. But um, my grandma had bought me a Nintendo 64 for Christmas, and she was had it stashed in this, like, huge, giant safe that she had in her basement. I mean, the, the safe is, like, eight feet tall, and she had, like, just a bunch of different things in it. And at one point, and she kept her, like, loose money there. And at one point, we were going to go to the store, and so I followed her down to the basement. She was going to open the safe to grab some money. And when she opened the safe, I just saw the Nintendo 64 just, like, plopped there in the bottom oh, of the safe. Fuck. And, like, I just, like, my eyes lit up. This oh. must have been, like, two, like, because that launched in September. So this was probably, yeah. like, October, and I wasn't going to get it till Christmas. And, like, my eyes just lit up. I just was, like... Grandma, what is that? And she's <laughs> and she instantly like knew her mistake. I mean, it, yeah. like there were. It, I don't think I've seen any like faster reaction in a human being before. And she just like I, so quick. Just I I can't even believe this. Like my grandma's just this goofy lady, but this this quick and she was so convincing. But she told me it was for my cousin Jennifer. Um, I mean, just just deadpan, just just right away was like, oh that that's a Christmas present for your cousin Jennifer. And I remember my like heart. Bro, oh. <laughs> like, I just I could not believe it. I didn't even oh. know she played video games. Like I just I just could not believe it. This is this is your favorite granddaughter, and like you don't have no love for me, grandma. <laughs> um, and then of course you know Christmas rolls around, 
And, um, you know, at, we opened presents first in my, in my mom's house, just me and my mom and my, my little brother. And then we would go to my grandma's house for like Christmas, you know, dinner. And then my grandma would give us all like presents. And she gave, she gave me the Nintendo 64. Well, I mean, meanwhile, no one else, like my cousin Jennifer, didn't really get very much at all. She, I think she, maybe she got money, but here I had this huge, like, bright colored Nintendo 64 box in my lap. Did you go and Nintendo then, 64 kid? Yeah, basically. <laughs> that kid might as well have been me. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I just spent the rest of the day at my grandma's just like looking at the box and opening it, like <laughs> reading the manual and looking at all the pictures of the games on the back. And then, um, when we got home, my mom, pulled out a few more presents she hadn't given us yet and it was like an extra controller and then like a copy of um Mario and Shadows of the Empire. And like nice. it was just the greatest like Christmas of my life. <laughs> and See, uh yeah. Your grandmother was sharp because um a similar thing happened to me but not nearly as awesome because my uncle who had given me uh, a PlayStation in the for Christmas of ninety six, he took uh about a couple uh, months later, he took me shopping for a, quote, present for uh, his um, daughter's cousins. Mm-hmm. And he took me shopping for a Nintendo 64. <laughs> and, and I was like, you know, technically in my head, I, I was like, technically I'm your daughter's cousin. But okay, <laughs> I'll play along. And then lo and behold, uh, there's, you know, there's exact a uh, couple, like a month later, there for me is like uh, a Nintendo 64 with Blast Core that I'd picked out. So oh, nice. I sort of awesome. knew it was coming. That's awesome. Yeah, your, um, your grandmother was smart because she she knew exactly what to say to crush your little heart. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, if that was like, what I was going to say that the reason that Christmas was magical because it involved a heartbreak. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then, and then triumph in the end, like any good story, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if she, like, had that, like, a contingency plan in her head already, where it's like, if I ever found out she had this lie already planned, I don't know how she came up with it, but she nailed it. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that's probably the system I was most hyped for. And then, like I mentioned earlier, the Wii, just the whole mystique of the controller. And then even, like, the rumors of the virtual console before we knew what it was, you know? There was all that, like, yeah, it's yeah. gonna be able to play every single game from, like, every generation. And it was just like, what? I remember, like, funny drawings, you know, of, like, it was basically every old system, like, taped together, um, and stuff like that. But I, I just, like, I was pretty hyped on that. But nothing will replace, like, that and I'm pretty sure summer those and fall. Old systems were GameCubes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, nothing will replace that, just that summer and fall of waiting for the N64. The uh, N64, of course, was the uh, first consumer-grade SGI. Oh, yeah, that's right, isn't that? Well, SGI standing for? I don't remember. Silicon Graphics? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. yeah. I, I was 12 at the time. I didn't know this. I think it was the most powerful computer available on the consumer market at the time. Yeah, I believe yeah. you're right. Screw that. I mean, screw you, Sony. <laughs> <laughs> With your loud disc spinning. I will say, though, that... And your PlayStation times. Yeah, your low yeah. times and your awesome games. <laughs> um, I will say the Cena PlayStation 2 for the first time was also very exciting. I had no interest in it because I never really, I never owned the first PlayStation, so it didn't really matter to me, but a friend got one right at launch and just like going to his house and playing, um, Dynasty Warriors and then having him like pull that out and then throw in like scary movie and just watching a movie on the PS2, a DVD nonetheless, which was just such like new exciting technology at the time. I remember just thinking like, whoa. <laughs> Whoa. But um what about you guys? So so what were you most hyped for? Uh I think we talked about it already, but GameCube, just because they had all those little GameCube clubs and I met a guy who'd imported a controller from like Japan. Oh, and he nice. was standing in line behind oh, me wow. and at the time I thought he was basically the coolest guy ever. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and we just grabbed a lot of swag from in there. And then, like, on launch day, I, I, like, had this stack of Nintendo Power magazines they'd given out and all the demo discs, and oh, we just nice. had a launch party. It was awesome. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. The yeah. only sad thing was when I got it from, like, the electronics boutique, one of the controllers was third party because I, I had to buy a bundle. Yeah. Mm. So always one person had that uh, slightly less desirable. <laughs> yeah. That, that's And it's always, like, the least 
like best friend. <laughs> I feel like that, that's how you know. That's how you know where you rank, like in your in the totem pole of like your friends' hearts. Like if you had to use the generic third party controller, like you probably weren't the most popular kid in the group. <laughs> that's the guy who had to play Dazzler on the X Men arcade game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you you got stuck in the far right, and that's you. Guys. Yeah. But um, so is everyone GameCube then? I mean, is that what you guys okay. were most hyped for? I think that's uh, pretty much a given because I, I, I was about to say that the GameCube was the last system I was really hyped hyped for. But the funny thing is that I started being hyped up for the system since 2000 when Nintendo showed it off as Space World. And mm-hmm. they had all of the cool tech demos and they had the the, promise, the promises of the, of the games that Grigis mentioned and and whatever Rare was doing at the time, and, and I mean, even Meowth's party, which everybody keeps saying is the worst tech demo <laughs> available did, did at the ever, time. That never did that ever out. come out? Never oh. came out. That was just a demo, just a demo. And even that demo was so cool that I started <laughs> being so hyped up for the system. Not only that, I remember being so hyped up because... It wasn't like the Nintendo City 4, like the characters were actually rounded, nice polygons. They weren't all squares and they didn't have square for hands. They had separate fingers that they could manipulate stuff. And it was so cool looking that I said, oh my god, the GameCube is going to be the greatest system ever. And then in 2000, when they showed it off at E3, when they showed Smash Bros. Melee, I was like, Fuck yeah, I'm set. I'm going to play this system now. They say, they were, they had me with the tech demos, but they completely own my soul and mortal being when they say, guys, we have a sequel for Super Smash Brothers. They say, you're fucking kidding. You're fucking kidding. <laughs> Mainly, no, I'm sold. I'm sold. Day one, I'm there, right now. Right now, I'm there, motherfuckers. I'm there. And you better have melee at lunch. <laughs> and I think, uh, I, I, I mean, for me, the GameCube was, it was after the N64, so Nintendo had fallen from, like, their throne for one generation. And the problem yeah. with me is, I always think the next generation is going to be the one. <laughs> where, you know, okay, Nintendo's back, and, you know, yeah, we stumbled be... there, but now we've got discs, you know. <laughs> Right. So now we're totally, they, now we're totally learn, on right? equal. They learn their mistakes. Yeah, they totally learned. And seriously, I was arguing on a Yahoo Groups message board <laughs> with one other guy. Them. There were two people in that Yahoo group, me and him, and we were arguing over. <laughs> I was arguing for the Dolph, uh, Dolphin, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. he was, and he was arguing for the PS2, and it was just this horrible circular internet <laughs> argument. And you know, that's where I, uh, that's where I. Uh, do I got my uh, Flame Wars uh, training in that? <laughs> nice. Yeah. What was the uh, the code name for like the PS2? Or wasn't it supposed to be like the Emotion Engine? Is that what the? Yeah, that was the name of the yeah, ship that they were going to be using right. for the PS2, the Emotion Engine. Yeah. And what was, funny that was the Katana the... Dreamcast? What, what was, was that? Katana? Do you remember Black Belt or Katana was one of those Dreamcast or something? It was I, the don't katana. Know, I don't remember that. Was it the Katana? The Dreamcast was, I believe, the Katana, but anybody can correct us if they know the answer, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it was the Katana for the Dreamcast. But um, I do agree with you, Carmen, about the whole like wishing that every generation is going to be like the return to glory. You know, it's going to be like the Super Nintendo 2, basically. Um, and I don't know. I, when they I feel that they- right now. I do, I do feel that right now. It's like, it's like, well, you've got like the ingenuity of what like Nintendo was able to do with the Wii, but now you've got like HD graphics and it'll be on par with, with what else is out there. And they'll have an online network, you know, and yeah. on top of all this. So it's, it, this is the hope that gets, that hype comes from. You know, yeah. the future it's, always looks brighter and it's a good feeling. It's a, it's the same hope every year, every <laughs> yeah. generation. They'll get it right this time, guys. I swear to God. Nintendo's going to get it. Oh my God, you guys! They have a modem. They have a modem. <laughs> online play, you guys. Super yeah, Smash they have a modem online. that they don't actually make use of. Hey, I played a uh, a whole lot of um, 
Fantasy Star Online on the GameCube. How about so. Warp Pipe? Did you use Warp Pipe? Uh, I never did, no. Yeah, I should yeah. have. I mean, I had the modem. I could have. But. Yeah. I didn't buy the modem because it was huge. It was huge. Although it, it wasn't, it wasn't as big as the PS2's modem. Right. Which which it, could be used what? as a bookend. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter that it was huge. Didn't it just fit right into the empty slot? It did, Oh, yeah. the GameCube, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which was a really good forward-thinking idea there. Um but yeah, so I, I guess we're kind of at the end here. I think that's hype. Um, <laughs> it. We've been we've been hyped in the past, and surprisingly, after this segment, I find myself a little bit more hyped for the Wii U. So I guess it's. Uh, it's I feel like maybe we're all in an abusive relationship. <laughs> sort of. Like I, I said, I, like I said, mental illness. Uh, <laughs> we're we're all suffering from a mental illness. And oh it my won't god, be you guys! It's October or November. Don't have a network. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah i think that'll do it so uh thanks a lot for everyone for joining us and okay. um we'll see you later okay yeah, just bye. 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 all right bye bye all right and that will do it for this week's episode of connectivity you guys know the drill by now to send us a listener mail uh you can email that to connectivity and nintendoworldreport.com if you get a minute, we would love if you'd rate and review us on iTunes. And we all have Twitter accounts, and that's usually where you'll find us sort of uh, hashing out ideas for the show. So if you want to get involved, you can find all of our uh, Twitter usernames on the sidebar at NintendoWorldReport.com. All right, we'll see you next week. <laughs>